When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. So here we are in pandemic tax season number three, or as I like to call it, year three of pandemic tax season number one. It's just never ended. And uh, we have with us today, um, really somebody I, I'm dying to hear from, Henry uh, Grez, who's from the AICPA. Uh, and we're going to talk about how to get through this busy season. I mean, and, you know, what do we expect from this busy season? How do we manage this busy season? And so, Henry, it is uh, absolutely delightful to have you with us. Thanks for joining us uh, on the Wealth Ability Show. Tom, thanks very much for uh, inviting me on, and uh, hopefully uh, I can share some insights uh, with you and your listeners. Well, we would love that. So um, let's let's start with the let's start with the kind of the, I, I I think the hardest part of this, which is how do we even start to prepare for a busy season when the IRS already is ten million tax returns behind? They're already um, only answering 10% of our calls, let alone client calls. And they say that's going to get worse. They've, they've told us we have to be patient. Um, and they basically told us, don't expect anything from us this year. So <laughs> <laughs> what do you say, Henry? I mean, how do, you, how do you even start to prepare for that? Well, I guess we've now just set the bar really, really low. So... <laughs> So as a result of that, uh, you know, even the modicums of success folks may have, uh, they'll, they'll feel victorious. But it is, uh, Tommy, you clearly laid out a lot of the challenges for practitioners. Uh, and uh, this is an ongoing struggle that uh, has been going on. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a problem pre-pandemic, but obviously the pandemic uh, exacerbated everything. Uh, and, you know, we've all read about the um, decrease in uh, service levels, and um, that is tied to, to funding, to staffing, um, but it's also uh, issues that the IRS has had to deal with that um, not so much they weren't expecting, but it was dropped in their lap. Things like, uh, you know, the having to get out the economic income um, payments and then the advanced childcare credit right. uh, payments. And then last year uh, with the change in the law, having to reprogram everything to take into account that $10,000 uh, exemption that uh, for, for unemployment. So uh, this just um, exacerbates uh, the, the ongoing situation. You know, it does seem like it's been a, a tale of two institutions. Um, I think we all think that the IRS has done an admirable job when it comes to getting out those pandemic payments um, and, and, and actually handling, we've had five different major tax law changes in the last couple of years. 
And I think they've done an admirable job doing that. I just think that they, <laughs> they have clearly put all their resources there and none sure. of their resources to service. And yet they continue to send out notices. They can, even when it's the notices are coming because they haven't done their job, they continue to send out notices. So let's just start with um, what should we anticipate uh, for the next uh, few months from a tax season standpoint? What, what are well, you expecting? the IRS to do? Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, I, I think there has to be patience. And, and I know people's patience are wearing thin at this point in time, especially if you're dealing with uh, taxpayers or clients that um, have gotten some of these notices. Uh, you as their financial advisor have uh, responded timely and um, the uh, notices keep coming. And it is that issue. So, you know, the AICPA is clearly advocating uh, on behalf of practitioners um, to get the IRS to, um, you know, change some of their ways. Um, it, it won't be a total fix, but it will at least make the tax season easier for practitioners. Because tax season, as we all know, it, it's tough to begin, even in the best of times, it's yeah. tough. A and these are not the best of times by any means. So um, it, clearly you wanna make sure that your clients are educated, that they're aware of the fact that we are, as a profession are struggling because of the fact that you have all of these other factors. You've got the, the challenges with the IRS, you've got this changing legislation or legislation that might be on the uh, horizon. You know, back in uh, the last quarter of uh, 2021, um, there was a potential for another tax law with the, you know, bill back better, um, you know, when, if and when that comes about, it probably will, but nobody seems to, to know at this point in time, obviously, Congress has a lot on its plate, they've uh, got the continuing resolution that they have to deal with to avoid another government shutdown in the middle of February, and I know now uh, front and center is uh, the filibuster uh, possible changes and voting rights bill, so uh, but I, I don't think that um, this, and, and they, they've also talked about some additional relief legislation above and beyond what might be in the Build Back Better bill. So, you know, these are all things that you're, you're trying to deal with uh, a, uh, a situation with the facts that you know them to be at this point in time, yet you have to try to anticipate what might be going down the road. So, right. and, and, and not to mention that we have 22 states now that have passed through entity um, taxes, right. and we have Absolutely. to deal with all those states as well, right? So right. that's yeah. and those are and those jurisdictions. So we won't we won't get to that part yet. Um, but let's talk about busy season because I, sure. I know a lot of clients are used to getting their tax returns filed in busy season. You you yep. were talking about setting expectations, and I've been a big believer. Um, of course, Mike, the clients in my CPA firm. Uh, tend to be more complex than the average sure. uh, uh, CPA firm. Um, that said, I've always told my clients that they're better off extending and just give yourself some relief. So even last year, when they last minute changed the due date to May, we, we assumed it was going to be April and we actually prepared extensions for April 15th, even though we had a May 15th deadline, sure. um, knowing that you know, it's just not going to get, it's just not going to get any easier. So what do you say to, what do you, what's your thought on, um, on actually encouraging clients to extend their tax returns? 
Yeah, I, I think that you want you want the clients to be aware of the challenges that you're facing. And I, I, when I was in practice, um, now I've been on staff here for a little over six years, but uh, worked in firms of various sizes. And uh, I, I would always try to uh, say to the client up front, look, uh, I would much rather have you extend a return uh, and let's take the time to do it and do it right, as opposed to um, you not getting all the information from the client and then you find out after it's filed, um, there's additional income or deductions that need to be claimed and you got to file amended return. And so getting, getting clients to understand that upfront, you know, even as organized, I'm sure many of your listeners uh, use organizers and engagement letters and sure. uh, you know, be upfront with them as to, Hey, uh, look, this is going to be a really, really challenging season. And the sooner you can get the information in the door, the better off you're going to be and I'm going to be. Because as a practitioner, I want to take the time with the client to make sure that the return is right. And then the client understands the return because it's ultimately their return. Uh, and um, I, I've never had a problem with sitting down with a client and making sure they understand. You know, taxes are pretty complex, let's face it. And um, you want to make sure that the individuals know why they're paying the tax that they're paying. And when you're trying to force a lot of returns in through the uh, April 15th filing period, there's only 24 hours in a day. Right. And, um, you know, the idea is that you want to have those conversations. And, and I've always felt that it was beneficial for both the client and the CPA to be in, a, in an environment where they're not pressured to get stuff out the door. Clearly, you want to make sure that clients understand uh, that, hey, if they get their stuff in, there's a reasonable expectation that they should be able to file on time and what have you. But there's always those outstanding K-1s or, uh, you know, some things that are hanging over their head that people say, well, you only need one more thing. Can I just, uh, can we just file it right before the deadline? Um, but you, you want to be upfront. And I, I know many practitioners are in a position where they specifically state in the engagement letter, if you don't get your stuff here by X date, we're automatically going to go yeah, on an extension. We, 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 we do that. Uh, we yeah. have to have everything in a month ahead of time else we're going yeah. to extend. Um and what I, one of the things I'm hearing from you, uh, Henry, is the importance of communicating with the clients. And, you know, what we always say is communicate early and often. Right. <laughs> and, and so we actually start preparing those extensions in March um, because sure. clients don't want to know that they owe, they want to get a call on April 14th and say, by the way, you owe $100,000 tomorrow. Exactly. Right. right. They, they want to know by April 1st, in, in my opinion, they want to know by April 1st. Well, let's talk about another part of communication and that is fees, because we have major increase in salaries. I mean, so much pressure on the industry. We have fewer people in the industry. We don't have a lot of people coming out um, into the industry and a lot of salary pressure, which mean, and a lot of other um, cost pressure, like, um, you know, the fees for the um, for the software going up, insurance going up. I mean, all of the all of our costs are going up, and in, right. to some extent, even more so than your your seven percent inflation rate that the sure. that the government gives us. Right. So, sure. how do you prepare the clients? You know, one of the big stresses I think for CPA firms is billing and fees and and talking sure. about that. How do you prepare the clients for that, and how do you how do you make that less stressful? Well, you, know, you want to be upfront with them. And, and like you said, that's a great way of sharing that information. It's like, 
look, look around, everybody's costs are going up and we feel we're providing a valuable service to you. Now, everybody has a budget and I've worked with plenty, plenty of clients, uh, plenty of prospects where you try to be realistic about the fee quote. I mean, I would always try to estimate a, a fee upfront to the best of my ability. And then would also try to, um, uh, when something changes out, whether the scope expands or there are things that you just didn't see because it's something new in this year's return, you look at the last three returns, you're bringing on a new client. That would be something that I'd always do, try to see whether there's a, a fluctuation in their income or uh, you know, talk to folks up front and get them to understand that not only our costs are going up, but these returns become more complex every day. And, you know, with these constantly changing laws and regulations, and people have to understand that they have to be willing to pay for that. Wow. And I, I, I've, I've said to clients before, I've, I've lost clients where uh, I've had a situation where they just didn't want to pay the fee. And it's sort of like, okay, I understand that. That's a decision that you make. It's a business decision that you make. And, you know, I wish you well. Uh, and you have to be willing to accept the fact that, if you're going to charge what you feel is a fair fee, not everyone is going to want to pay for it. But, you know, as you said, communicating that information up front is the best way to do it. You don't want to take somebody who's, I'm just throwing numbers out here, but they're paying $1,000, $1,500 for their personal return. And all of a sudden you hit them with a bill twice that size without any type of communication as right. to why there's an increase in the fee. Well, we, we, always tell, we always tell our members of our network that um, the number one thing that clients don't want is a surprise. Right. And that comes to fees too. So sure. you know, that's why I, I'm a huge proponent of giving them a price up front. I'm actually yeah. a huge fan of a monthly subscription price as sure. opposed to a, yeah. um, a price um, for a project. Because one of the things we want to do, I think one of the things that's been really clear is that our clients want a relationship with us. Right. They don't want this to be transactional. They want it to be a relationship. And typically, if it's relationship, you don't pay by transaction, you actually pay for the relationship. And sure. so, you know, it's like, do you want a doctor who's always on call? I actually was in a situation two years ago where literally because I had that doctor on call, um, it literally saved my life because wow. the hospital was not going to admit me and the doctor actually forced it, but only because I could reach my doctor on the cell phone. And sure. if I'd not been able to do that, Right. be here today. So, you know, I, I think the clients look at us the same way. And particularly, you know, we've, we've been through the PPP loans. We, we're doing the uh, employee retention credit is a lot of what we're right. doing right now, right? Yep. We've got all of these things going on. Plus, like you say, the IRS keeps throwing new requirements at us, um, basis requirements for partnerships, um, new filing requirements, new, new forms. Um, you know, we, we have now the research and development tax credit is all changed because they didn't pass the law at the end of the year. So right. we have all those things going on. It seems to me like the better we can communicate with the client and let them know, and just be matter of fact, say, here's what our fees are. And you're right. There is somebody who will, they will be cheaper than us. Right. And if that's what you're looking for, that's great. What right. we want to do is provide more services so that we can actually reduce your taxes to offset, help you reduce your taxes to offset any fees that we may charge. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the approach to take. The, 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 you're making, you as a client are making an investment in your financial advisor. 
and you want to make sure that you get the appropriate rate of return on that investment. Uh, and and that's that's you know just like any other investment choice that you make. Uh, it, so. it is. I, I, I think that we always have the choice of looking at our fees as an expense or an asset, right? And an expense, right. an expense, something you want to minimize where an asset, as long as it's giving you return, you want more and more of, right? Absolutely. The more we can deliver and the better we can deliver um, what the client really wants, which in, in the, from a tax situation is lower taxes, right? They want right. Fewer surprises, lower taxes. I have a client that when uh, on her message on her cell phone, uh, it, it said it, her message says, um, you know, give me, a, uh, let me know who you are. I'll, I'll call you back. Uh, tell me what it's about, especially if it's good news. <laughs> She's actually told me, she goes, she goes, Tom, I'd never had good news from a CPA until you and I started working together and I'm going, that's the idea, right? It has to be good right. news. So that, that's a good, good question to follow up on. How do you create good news during a pandemic? Well, uh, that, to say that's a challenge. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's good news is that, uh, you know, you got the return in uh, and the client has gotten the refund. Uh, when you see all those other uh, or read about all those other uh, stories that, you know, uh, amended returns have been filed nine, 10 months ago, employee retention credit. Right. You know, uh, I don't know if your uh, listeners have participated in the AICPA's town hall uh, broadcast, but, uh, you know, we've, uh, we sit in the background and answer practitioner questions. And, uh, you know, we're always getting questions. Hey, I submitted these uh, employee retention uh, credit claims uh, nine, 10 months ago, and I haven't heard boo from the IRS. And that's really frustrating because obviously, you know, these credits were generated so that you could get cash in the hands right. of taxpayers. And that sort of defeats the whole purpose of it. So no, that, that's exactly right. But you mentioned a good point. Um, I think you said, said something I think that's really critical in that setting expectations. How would you set the expectations with the clients for this busy season? Well, I, I would say that, look, it's going to be challenging. And quite frankly, if you thought the last couple of years were going to be challenging, based on what we know already, it's going to be worse. And, you know, you've got some additional items. You've got the third uh, stimulus payment to deal with. And now you've got the employee or excuse me, the advanced uh, child care credit uh, issue to deal with. And, and I personally found out today, I wasn't aware of this, that with the letters that are being sent out by the IRS, um, on a joint filed return, each spouse is going to receive a letter that reflects half of the credit, assuming oh, that geez. they did not out of that. So, uh, you know, you're going to uh, want to gather as much information from the client as possible so that you can support it. And once again, um, try to uh, just explain to them as best as practitioners can that this is going to be a challenging year. And you're going to do everything possible in your power uh, to make sure that the returns are filed on time and, and the client gets uh, the refund or pays the least amount of tax. But there are just going to be some things that are going to be out of your control. Well, there's no question. I mean, refund, you know, the, the idea of getting a refund on an amended return is like passe. Sorry, don't expect. I, I tell people don't expect it for two years. Literally right. don't expect it for two years. Um, you get a notice. 
Um, you know, historically, we've called the practitioner's hotline. Now it's sure. a matter we have to send it back because it takes three hours to get through right. on the practitioner's right. hotline. The question is, do you want to pay $1,500 for me to sit on the phone for three hours, or do you want me to send a notice, your call? Um, but to right. me, it's still setting that expectation and giving the client a choice. Correct. So what would you prefer? You know, how would you prefer to do this? And, and set those expectations up front. Um, any other advice that you can give um, CPAs through for this busy season? I would say, you know, uh, they uh, communicate, communicate, communicate with your clients, uh, try to uh, continue to interact with them, give them some sort of update on, on returns. You know, sometimes, uh, uh, Practitioners are just so overwhelmed that, you know, the organizers come in, um, the client sent it in, but then they don't hear from the CPA for a month. And, hey, it doesn't have to be, you know, hopefully you've, you've tra trained your clients. I remember when I started in this profession, I was the first full-time hire by a sole practitioner. And he made it very clear to the client base that uh, I was on board, but there were still people when I would call them about their return, they would say, what happened to Bill? And, uh, but the idea is, you know, letting your staff interact with that client base, it relieves the burden of that direct communication with the partner. Yeah, make sure that the partner is, uh, educates their client that, hey, we've got a team working on your return. And just because John or Sue calls you up to ask you a question doesn't mean that I've stepped away from the engagement. It's just that uh, we're trying to use as many people as efficiently as possible. So, you know, even a simple email saying to the client, hey, we've got your return, it's in the system, you know, we're going to try to work on it over the next couple of weeks and look for some follow-up communication with us. That that's going to solve so many problems for clients. You know, that that's so important. We have a we have a rule actually in our firm where we have to respond to every client communication within one business day. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean we have to we 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 know the answer right. within one business right. day. It just means we have to respond because sure. the client wants to know, yes, you got my email, you got my phone message, uh, you're looking at it. Here's here's what the timing, what I can expect from a timing standpoint. Again, they don't want surprises. Right. And what they really want is that communication. So I, I think that's critical. And you mentioned something else that I love because we've been doing this for many years and that is involving staff and not just professional staff, but administrative staff. Absolutely. Um, I have a, I, um, my, my wife owns a, a CPA firm as well. And mm -hmm. her, um, her, her accounting manager uh, calls the clients on most things. And in sure. fact, is the one who does most of the communication with the clients and the clients have come to know that and rely on her yeah. and they just, they, they love her. And so I, I don't think it has to be, like you say, it doesn't need to be the partner. It can be nope. your uh, tax professional staff. It can be administrative staff. Yep. There are other people that can help out what the clients want is they want to know what to expect and they want, the, and they do want some communication. Right. Right. And, and the sooner you can get words out, like you said, no one likes the surprise uh, on April 14th, uh, whether even though they know that it's going to be extended, uh, the, the sooner you can get that information to them, uh, the better off they're going to be. And, and you know, uh, uh, most practitioners have a client base, I think, that the, the income is relatively steady from year to year. Obviously, there are life-changing events 
uh, in certain circumstances. But geez, if you owe $10,000 last year with your return and we're going to extend it, it's probably pretty reasonable unless circumstances have changed that you're gonna owe $10,000 this year. Uh, so, you know, make sure that they're reminded of that, so. Oh, that, that's great. So, so great, uh, great things, Henry, uh, uh, from the AICPA, you know, communication, communication, communication early, often, uh, be transparent, let them know what to do, uh, you know, no surprises, and uh, just, and, and set expectations. And I, I think that's awesome. Uh, I just want to thank you, uh, Henry, thank the AICPA um, I know I was at the National Tax Conference in November, and you guys did a great job. It was very discouraging listening to the IRS, actually, because they, they seem to think we work for the IRS <clears throat> and not for our clients. Um, but that said, I think there's so much we can do, and there's so much the AICPA does. And so thank you so much for that. Well, thanks, thanks Tom. Thanks for that endorsement. Uh, uh, we value the relationship we have with our uh, members. Uh, we're clearly looking to address uh, their needs, their concerns. Um, like I said, we've got that uh, uh, complimentary webcast uh, on uh, the town hall series. Uh, it's usually two times a month now, and it's it's a great thing so that you get one hour of free CPE for all AICPA members. It's all cutting edge stuff. Uh, you're going to get sort of uh, what's going on. Uh, top of news type of thing. And, and unfortunately, there's still more questions than there are answers. But, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're clearly uh, trying to do everything that we can uh, as a membership association to help our members. Thank you very much. Henry Grez, AICPA. Thanks, everybody. Uh, just remember that, you know, when we communicate better, set expectations, and uh, <laughs> just let our clients know um, what's going to happen and don't worry about it. Okay. We'll take care of you. And when you do that, you're always going to have better clients and a better practice and a better life. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Wealth Ability for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>